You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So my subject this morning is forgiveness. And I just need to kind of give you this caveat before I start. This isn't something I've just studied I'm going to deliver to you. This is something that I have to work through first before I can share it with you. Otherwise, it's not authentic. So, you know, I've been through the pain of this myself. So, there we go. But do you know what? In any meaningful relationship that you have, particularly a marriage relationship, forgiveness is absolutely essential. Did you know that? I mean, when you got married, how soon did you realize that? Yeah. <laughs> Honeymoon. Yeah. And if there's no forgiveness... You know, our experience of relationships is like fragmentation, dysfunction, broken. So forgiveness is absolutely essential. And when we look at the Lord's Prayer, there's that line in there amongst all the other subjects that he covers. What does he say in Matthew 6, 12? Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. But you know what's really interesting? That after he has finished his prayer, he actually goes back to the subject of forgiveness to re-emphasize its importance. And in verse 14, he says, And when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your father withholds forgiveness from you. Oh, that's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? And I don't think it needs any explanation because it's really clear. And then Peter, love Peter because he's so impetuous. And somebody obviously was really ticking him off in Matthew 18 because he went to Jesus and said, How many times am I supposed to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Is it seven times? Because that's what the law says. And Jesus goes, no, 70 times seven. In other words, you don't stop forgiving. Because it is such an essential part of our lives, it's the key to living in freedom. This living the life in abundance, living life to the full that Jesus said, that's what I've come to give you. So let us have a look at what is forgiveness. And the definition that our psychologists would tell us about forgiveness is that it is a conscious and deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or a group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually Deserve your forgiveness. What does the Bible say about forgiveness? Well, the Greek translation of forgiveness, when Jesus was using it back then, literally means to let go. I.e., in other words, a person doesn't demand payment for a debt. And Jesus used this debt analogy when he taught his followers to pray. 
In another translation, it says, Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is in debt to us. And in Matthew 18, Jesus taught another parable where he equated forgiveness with cancelling a debt. No need for payback or revenge. And therefore, we forgive others when we let go of that resentment and give up any claim to be compensated for that hurt or loss that we have suffered because of what people have done for us. And the Bible teaches that unselfish love is the basis for true forgiveness. When we go to that love passage in 1 Corinthians, what does it tell us about love? It does not keep any record of being wronged. It's hard to put that into practice, isn't it? In our human state. But what does forgiveness not mean? It doesn't mean that we condone the offence. Because the Bible actually condemns those who claim that bad actions are harmless or acceptable. Because we serve a God of justice. We read that, particularly throughout the Old Testament. And it says that God will recompense for wrongdoing. So we can rest assured, he will sort it out. What forgiveness doesn't mean that we pretend the offence never happened in the first place. We look at King David, that man after God's own heart. He did some pretty serious sins. He committed adultery and then murder to get what he wanted at that particular time. God forgave him. But you know what? He still had to suffer the consequences of his actions. God didn't shield him from that. What else does forgiveness not mean? It doesn't mean that you forgive and forget. Because it's actually impossible to do that. Have you ever tried to do that? Because you can't try to forget something. Because when you're trying to forget, you're actually focusing on the very thing you want to forget. It's really hard. And forgetting is not what God wants us to do. He wants us to trust him, to see how he can bring good out of it. That's so much more important than forgetting. And then we can thank God for the good he has brought out of it. And Romans 8 tells us, doesn't it, that God says he will work good out of the bad things in life if we live for him and trust him. So we don't have to forget those things that people have done to us that are unjust. We have to forgive them, let go, and see how God will bring the good out of it. What else does forgiveness not mean? It doesn't mean that we allow others to take advantage of us. For example, you loan money to someone, but that person wastes it and can't repay you as they promised. That person comes to you and they're very sorry. So we have a choice to make. We choose to forgive them by not harboring resentment, We don't keep bringing up the matter and going over it. We could even cancel the debt altogether and say, okay, don't worry about it. It's fine. 
let it go. However, wisdom would say to us, you're not going to lend that person money again, are you? But you know, as Christians, sometimes we feel like we have to be nice and do what people ask of us. But no, we just need to apply some wisdom. And the Bible tells us to do that, doesn't it? Apply wisdom. What else does forgiveness not mean? It means forgiving with no valid basis. What do we mean by that? God does not forgive those who are guilty of willful, malicious sin, who do not acknowledge their mistakes or change their ways or apologize to those they have hurt. In fact, the Bible says that they become God's enemies. And God doesn't require us to forgive those that he has not forgiven. And you know, some people have been the victim of really cruel mistreatment and abuse by people who refuse to apologize or even admit what they have done. But the answer in that case is found in Psalm 37. It's just to let go of that anger and abandon rage. And we don't excuse that experience at all. But it's about refusing to be consumed with anger. And we trust that God will bring that person to account. And that over time, that hurt, God will heal it. And we will feel no pain. And finally, what forgiveness doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that we have to go around forgiving every kind of perceived slight. And in Ecclesiastes, uh, the book that was written by the wisest man that ever lived, he says this, do not be quick to take offense. For the taking of offense is the mark of a fool. And I love the message translation of this because it gives me a really good picture. It says, don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. You can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. <laughs> and I just get this picture of the boomerang, which goes off and comes back and hits you on the head. And you know, sometimes, rather than forgiving a so-called offender, we just need to admit that actually there's not a lot of reason for being offended in the first place. We're just being a bit oversensitive and overreacting and just need to rein ourselves in and get over ourselves. Is that okay? At least that's me sometimes. I don't know about you. So how can we forgive effectively in our everyday lives? Because I'm a very pragmatic sort of person and I need to know this stuff. It's not just theory. I need to know when I get up in the morning, how can I forgive? Because someone's going to do something to me and I just need to be able to put it in practice. So first off, I just need to remember what forgiveness involves. That we're not condoning the wrong act as if it never happened. We are simply letting it go. Second, we need to act quickly. Work to forgive as soon as we can, rather than letting that anger fester. Ephesians 4 tells us to keep short accounts. You heard that before? Deal with stuff immediately. Don't let it take root. Thirdly, be reasonable.
reasonable. When we have a minor cause for complaint, let's apply the Bible's counsel. In Colossians, it says, let's make allowances for each other's faults. I went, went to a, a conference, and I was a very young leader. I had very small children, and I just wanted some advice about life, how to negotiate it as a woman leader. And there was a Q&A time, and there was this lady from Australia, and she just oozed wisdom, and I just wanted it for myself. And one question that went to her was, how do you deal with criticism? And I sat up and went, whoa, come on, tell me. Because as a leader, that's what you get. I don't know about your everyday life, but I think we all get it, don't we? But certainly as leaders, we get criticism, often undeserved. And I was waiting for her answer, a nice, like, spiritual answer I was waiting for, like, you pray three times a day, you know, facing Jerusalem or whatever it was. I'm like, I'll do it, whatever it is. Do you know what she said? She said, you grow a thick skin. Honestly, my jaw drops, and I'm like, you're kidding. That's what I've come for. Is that what I'm taking away today? But that was wisdom, and I've taken that, and I've never forgotten it. 20-odd years later, you grow a thick skin. And that's when comments and actions and looks and snubs that could hurt you don't let them penetrate. And then there's nothing to forgive in the first place. But if you allow them to land, you haven't got a thick skin. You allow them to land and take up residence in your heart and life. That's when trouble comes. So you grow a thick skin. But at the same time, you keep a soft heart. That's the key. So be reasonable. Fourthly, be empathetic. All of us are imperfect. Yeah? Anyone perfect here? We all make mistakes and fail. And just as we appreciate being forgiven, we should likewise forgive the mistakes of others. And in Matthew 7, Jesus tells us to look at the motive behind what people do. Is it to hurt or not? Is it to deliberately, maliciously go out of their way to do you harm or not? Some people are just a bit insensitive. And also remember this, that hurting people hurts people. Put yourself where that other person is. Are they in a position of hurt right now? They're likely to hurt you. So be empathetic. Give a bit of grace. Don't take it personally. And then the final thing is, be self-aware. Be aware of your own triggers. What presses your buttons? And if you don't know, really ought to get to know very quickly. Those sensitive areas in your life where you're apt to react very quickly. Because actually, we interpret things from where we are at, not from where the other person's at. And they don't know. And actually, when we're going through really vulnerable times, be aware. 
when we're really stressed or overloaded, tired, they're emotional, we can misconstrue things and overreact. Be self-aware. Take responsibility for ourselves so that we don't have to go through the process of forgiving because we don't take offense in the first place. So generally forgiveness is quick and instantaneous, simple and straightforward. Deal with it as we go along in life. Because if we don't, something that's really innocent and minor that can start off with hurt, can turn into disappointment, then pain, then rejection, resentment, go much deeper into anger and bitterness, and then maybe even into hatred. So something starting off as innocent can go so deep. And before you know it, it's destroyed a relationship. I just need to say something at this point. That there are some actions and some words that are really malicious and abusive. Repeated acts of abuse that absolutely violate a person. Verbal or name-calling, scapegoating, bullying, emotional manipulation, or physical assault of any kind, for a child or adult, and those are absolutely unacceptable. They're really complex, deep-rooted, they cause lifelong wounds and scars, and they're at the very core of who we are, and they shape our identity and our behavior. And for those people, forgiveness is a journey. But it does start with a willingness to recognize that unforgiveness exists and to have a willingness to forgive to want to let go of that stuff that is at the center of our being and to start that process of dealing with it and of healing and finally i want to have a look at i wasn't it I want to look at what forgiveness is. We've looked at what forgiveness is and isn't and how to forgive effectively. But I want to finally look at what impact does not being able to forgive have on our lives? Well, if we profess to be a Christian, we already know, don't we? Because we've read it. We hold resentment and unforgiveness in our hearts towards others. It puts us in a really dangerous place in our relationship with God. We read it in Matthew 6, 14. You can't get forgiveness from God without also forgiving others. This is not my words. This is Jesus saying, if you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. That's really clear and so key. We have to do it. And secondly, unforgiveness is chains of bondage and slavery. It's spiritual bondage. It's a heavy weight. It's a burden that we carry around. It affects our emotional, physical and spiritual well-being. It actually chokes the life 
out of our spirit and soul and it makes us slaves to bitterness, resentment and anger. And we've known for a long, long time in studies that have been done around mental health that unforgiveness is often the root cause of much clinical depression. And if we look at the poster on the screen, it says unforgiveness chains us to the past, poisons the present, and keeps us from what the Lord has for the future. And then unforgiveness, it does not just make us feel bitter, but we actually become bitter. It becomes part of our identity, the core of who we are. Because if unforgiveness is not dealt with, it takes root and grows into bitterness and hatred and eats us up on the inside out like a, a cancer destroys and consumes us, that slow, agonizing death. And bitterness is devastating. And I don't know if you've ever been around a bitter person, but you don't want to stay around them for very long because it's not nice. And if we look at the next poster, it says, unforgiveness is choosing to stay trapped in a jail cell of bitterness, serving time for someone else's crime. This is what they did to you that started this off in the first place. And then finally, unforgiveness is a silent, deadly killer. Like we said, just like a cancer, it starts off really small, almost unnoticeable at first, and it grows and spreads throughout our being and eats away at us until we're consumed by it. And it destroys our lives and relationships including marriages. And marriages in our land, in our society, are suffering, are they not? So in truth, the person who has unforgiveness in their hearts is the one who is really paying the price. They're the ones who suffer the most. And the final poster says, unforgiveness, harboring unforgiveness is like taking poison and hoping your enemy will die. What are the benefits of forgiving? It's letting go of anger and resentment. It can help you to keep calm. It improves your health, increases your happiness. But even more importantly, forgiving others is that key to receiving God's forgiveness for our own sins. Did you know that forgiveness is actually a choice each of us has to make? We all have a free will to make our own decisions. And it's not an emotional decision. It is an act of our will. We may not feel differently, but we do have choices about forgiveness. And they have great effects on our life. Life or death. Forgiveness is a decision you make to set the offender free from their wrong and in so doing, set you free as well. Forgiveness is saying, I'm giving up the right to hurt you because you hurt me. Forgiveness is not holding anything against or over someone. Forgiveness is extending to someone else what God has freely given to us. And real forgiveness is not selective. 
is undeserved and real forgiveness is costly because it cost God his son Jesus who died on the cross for our sins it also costs us no revenge no payback and our selfish pride and that's a biggie but there's a higher cost of unforgiveness but the incredible freedom of forgiving and being forgiven thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church one church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton to get the latest news or for any other information check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk